Thank you so much, Spirit of Grace, for leading us in worship today, along with Jan and Elroy on organ and piano. We appreciate that so very much. Today is a special day in the life of Grace Church. We do this about once a year. It's a kind of a sharing Sunday. And uh, I've invited you to kind of prepare the message today. Uh, you don't have to prepare a long message, but maybe today you have a word of praise or a thanksgiving or a brief testimony or story to share of God's goodness. As last week, I shared with you how I saw God's goodness in my life and particularly through my recent vacation to Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. Are you listening? Okay, you're still there. Good. So today it's your turn. Let me uh, read from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8 through 12, a kind of a backdrop to our sharing, really a kind of exhortation. This is David's psalm of thanks when the Ark of the Covenant was brought back to Jerusalem. And here's what he says. David says, "'Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Make known among the nations what He has done. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him.'" Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather today, as we tell of your wonderful acts, we invite your Spirit in to this time, this time of sharing, this time of testimony, this time of giving thanks. So, Lord, meet us here. Move in and through us as we give you praise and honor and all the glory today, all the glory that is due to you and you alone. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Anoint this time and anoint our messages to one another as we share today. In your holy name we pray, amen. So I've got the mic, and I will gladly run around the sanctuary here, get my exercise this morning, and uh, share it with those of you who would like to share. You don't have to share, of course. But if you have a, a testimony, a praise, a thanksgiving, we would love to hear from you. So who's first today? Judy. Good morning, everyone. I got a quick story for you, then I got a longer story. The first story is when I took my two little girls, when I was younger, to Minnesota. No, I took them to Des Moines. And I started driving, and after two hours, I thought, well, we should be in Des Moines by now. And I looked up, and it said, Rochester, Minnesota. <laughs> totally the wrong way. I turned around and went back to my girlfriend. I met her at midnight instead of 8 o'clock, but we had a good time. <laughs> now, my life story I started out as a teenager drinking beer with my dad. Not with my dad, my dad's beers that he would leave set around the house. I would pick them up and drink them. And I started in drinking more and more and more, becoming a full-fledged alcoholic for 40 years, falling down, 
drunk. And my husband stood by me all that time. He is still with me and will always be with me. But that's my story, and I stick to it. <laughs> Praise God for that. How long have you been sober? So 13 years. Praise God. Thank you, Jude. Awesome. Thank you. Who's next? Lanita. So tomorrow, August 7th, will be Dennis's and my 30th wedding anniversary. He is gone, but it's okay. <laughs> um, I'm just... Thankful for God who brought Dennis, my soulmate, into my life when he did. And I'm also thankful for, well, and then I had to hold the funeral August 7th, 2021, um, to have family, friends, and best friends around me that day. Also, I am thankful for God, Grace Church family, all of you for praying for me, for supporting me, and helping me when you need to. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lanita. Thank you for sharing. Debbie. Hello. Uh, yesterday, my daughter called me about noon, and she was in tears and driving home as fast as she could because she and her husband were being evacuated out of their house. There was a wildfire burning in the lot before theirs and the wind was making it horrible. Five different uh, fire departments showed up and the thing was she wanted prayer. And so I prayed with her on the phone, and I also asked God to send angels to stop that fire, that it wouldn't come on their land. And God is so good. 100 feet from their property line, it was stopped. And I just praise God. They're praising God. It's just amazing. When you call on him, he will answer you speedily. <laughs> and I just praise his name. Thank you, Debbie, for sharing that. Wow. I'm afraid of talking around you. Uh, you're, you're, you're good, Corey. <laughs> Okay, so when I was younger, my mom and my little brother, we were going to a facility because my mom was going through some like issues with drugs. And uh, she's not used to long distance, distance driving. So she started slipping off to the side of the road and I told my mom, be careful, be careful. I laid down, I started praying me and my brother didn't have seat belts on. My brother was in the front seat. My mom overreacted, went across the highway. She was going about 60, going across the highway onto incoming traffic. We got hit by a van going about 60, 70 miles per hour. 
Um, when I prayed, at that time, I wasn't really, like, I didn't believe in it much, but I prayed. And we came out of it. Nobody was really hurt. My mom got some glass in her head. Later that day, my brother told me, he said, uh, he's seen an angel. But, yeah. Wow. And you're all here today. Praise God. God is really working. Who else? Nancy. Hey. Hello. Um, I know a lot of you were praying um, for my great-granddaughter when she was uh, born because the cord was wrapped around her neck and they were fearing that she had been without oxygen for quite a while. She is now 16 months old. She has met all of her milestones, and as of her first birthday, they began to wean her off of the phenobarbital that they had her on because she did have a seizure, and she hasn't had one since, so God is very good. Mm, praise God. So good to hear that. Wow. That's, that's a real miracle. Yeah. Oh, Kelly. Okay, I'll try to keep it short, I promise. <laughs> uh, especially those of you who know me. Uh, um, we, well, we have many blessings, of course. Um, the Jesus giveaway was a big blessing, thanks to all your help and God. And then Rick and I got moved with just the right amount of help, the right timing to find a place. And now our house is going to get an offer today, I hear, from the first person that looked at it. So God is working. And many of you know we've been praying for many years for my niece, Jessica. And she's not doing so well. So um, she's in a coma. This is her brother, Curtis. She has another brother and her mom and dad. And you guys have known Jessica since I first started bringing her to church. She used to babysit for us on couples nights here. And she's just a sweet little gal who loves everybody. So anyway, um, she's in a coma. She's been in for about three days now. And the tests are showing that her brain is not working. She's not responding to anything. So we're going down today after church and be with her and Ryan and her husband. So if you just please keep praying for safe travels and for our family. And we love you all and appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for sharing that. We will definitely keep Jessica in our prayers. Curtis. Um, just to kind of add on to a little bit, um, my sister's been fighting for over four years. Um, it's only by God's will and, and strength that um, she's made it this far. Um, We're, we're thankful that um, we've had her, <clears throat> yeah, for this many years, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to have that perspective. Yep. Thank you, Curtis. Yep. Steve. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's a hard pitch to follow. I, you guys got to be really strong. <laughs> Can't keep this together very long, so I had this thing with my prostate and took a bunch of biopsies, and I let everybody know I really appreciate all your prayers. No cancer, and I was like, I don't know how I deserve it, but... And I want to thank my wife, too, for all she does for me. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> so good. So good to hear. Praise God for that. Mr. Judy, I mean Ron. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, I thank God every day. July 22nd of last year, I went through open heart surgery. Uh, and prior to that, six months prior to it, I went through uh, chemotherapy, uh, having having to do with cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And that right now I am cancer-free. And I praise the Lord every day for it. Uh, I, kinda, I really feel that going through it all, I kind of feel that the Lord wanted to use me as an example to all of you. Thank you. Amen. Right. Kind of a living, breathing miracle as well that you're even with us today. Thank you. Glad you are because we need a guitarist in our band. So. <laughs> Chuck. I'm Chuck Stasekal, for those who don't know me. I normally don't talk too well in front of a group, but there's a couple things in our life that's going on that uh, God's taken care of. A couple years ago, I had uh, Humana send out a nurse to your house and to check you out and all that good stuff. And her parting comment was, you know you have a heart murmur. I said, no, I don't. I didn't know I didn't. I didn't know I did. Because I had just been to the doctor like in June, and she just came in September. Well, went back to the doctor. Yes, I have a heart murmur. So I have a valve that is a little, it's not real serious, but it doesn't, it's got calcium on it. I don't know. I was just to the heart doctor the other day. That's why I'm talking. Um, but the, the other thing they found was that the aorta that comes off that valve was bigger than it's supposed to be. It's called an aortic aneurysm. And you could have had it for a long time, they told me, but who knows? So... This is my third time, yeah, I was to the heart. This is my third test on that aneurysm, and it hasn't moved an inch. So God's taking care of me. And the, and the valve doesn't need, doesn't need replacing or anything at this point. So I've been, I've been praying about that, and he's taking care of us. Then we had a similar incidents to what Corey was talking about. <clears throat> we went to visit a friend in Rochester the other day. And she has had uh, leukemia, yeah, 
uh, a leukemia that can't be, he can't be cured ever. And so she went into remission, but it came back. And so now she's on another treatment program, but the treatment program has stopped the leukemia for right, for right now. And she's, a, she's just a miracle person. And her outlook on life is just amazing. But uh, we had a great time, and the treatments are working, but she doesn't know how long they'll last. And uh, so they live day by day. So we thank God for every day she has on this planet. And then, <clears throat> on the way home, we had a guardian angel. We're coming down 63 and coming up on a little rise, and there's a pickup right in my lane, straight in front of me. You know, you just do a reaction, swerve to the right, and praise God, everything was good. Nobody got hit, nobody got hurt. If we would have had an accident, there was a semi involved and three cars behind me, we don't have a clue what would have happened. But we do have guardian angels, and we thank God for it. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you for sharing, Chuck. Anyone else? And this is for everybody. You don't have to be a member to share. There are visitors with us that would like to share. You're welcome, too. Um, I just want to encourage you guys that we all go through hard times, whether we admit it, whether we share it, we all go through hard times. But what I've learned as I've grown in my relationship with Jesus over the years, that the closer you go, get to him, the more you read his word, the more you trust him, that's when you're going to see him working. And if you don't, if you got too much other stuff going on or you don't spend that quality time with him, which some days are like that, we're, we're busy, we're exhausted, we're, uh, we're human. So, but for me, the more I do those things and 100% commit and trust, I can feel him just move mountains. And I just want to encourage you guys, don't give up hope, don't give up your strength, well, it's not in our own strength, but his strength, um, he, will, he will be with you and he will help you no matter what. And it might always not come out the way we want it to, but his ways are always better than our ways. And he knows what's best for us because he created us. So I just want to encourage you today with that. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, well said. kind of sitting on the edge of your seat and I kind of thought maybe. <laughs> yeah, you were right. You were right. I've Nadia, been kind of edging. Um, yeah. Welcome back. So thank you. Those that know me, I see a lot of familiar faces. Um, my family and I came to Grace Church forever, involved in a lot of stuff a couple years ago and kind of broke away for a little bit. Um, and hearing your guys' stories reminds me that I just, I feel like no matter what happens, I like what Kelly said, even on those days and maybe sometimes those couple days in a row where I feel like I'm definitely not worthy, I'm still feeling God's presence in my life. Um, three weeks ago, actually today, it was Sunday morning and um, my husband Kevin woke up at, you know, he wakes up early sometimes, but lately he's been sleeping in really late. We've been kind of, mess not messing, but playing with his medication that he takes and sometimes it makes him sleep in, sometimes he doesn't sleep at all. Um, but randomly woke up, bolted out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and, um, I, he always wakes up, goes downstairs, puts his coffee on, and kind of sits in front of the TV and plays. He has this game of pool that he plays on his phone. So he usually play, starts with a couple games of pool on his phone or whatever, drinks his coffee, puts the news on. Um, he woke up, 
went to the kitchen to go start uh, his coffee on the stove and because um, we don't have a coffee pot we're like old school we use the French press yeah. um, so he's got to <laughs> boil the water right and put it in the thing um, multi-step but um, he just kind of stared at the oven and behind our oven it's a gas oven there was a two foot tall flame um, that was just sitting there it was kind of like a pilot light sort of flame and it was just weird he, I just remember he told me he just stood there and stared at it like am I really am I dreaming like am I seeing this is this really there or is it what what is this and then um I just remember he like ran into our room and just screamed at me like wake up get up get out of the house get out of the house and I'm thinking okay he's messing with me because we like to play jokes on each other we're pretty much <laughs> practical jokers so I'm like okay you know we were arguing the night before he's like get out get out like okay whatever you know yeah you too you know and just kind of making jokes with each other and the second I kind of like my eyes open and I like sat up, I just got this wave of gas, just my entire face, everything. Our bedroom is right above the kitchen. Um, and I had one of my kids is out of the house already. Another one was staying at his friend's house in Cedar Rapids. So it was just me, my 13 year old, my nine year old, um, my husband, and then our baby, our one and a half year old um, in the house. And I just remember I sat up and I like immediately felt this wave of gas. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, we got to get out of the house. You know, I didn't even put shoes on or anything. I ran to my one and a half year old's room, woke him up, ran to the boys' room. Everybody get up, get up. I remember my one son had his pants on backwards. And <laughs> literally, we just, we dashed out of the house. And after the, you know, obviously called 911 because there was, he was able to get the flame out. I don't know how. Um, but I just remember we had the AC on, so there were no windows open. I mean, the whole house was just filling up with gas. And um, we... I, we were outside waiting. A couple hours later, they got the, you know, the Mid-American Energy guy there, and, and I was walking around the house with them after they deemed it was okay. It took like 45 minutes to an hour of them going in four or five different times to check the levels mm -hmm. to make sure it was okay. Um, we finally got to go back in. I'm walking with the Mid-American Energy guy, and he's telling me, you know, you had a hole in your gas line, a tiny, tiny little hole in the gas line, and something had ate through your electrical cord to plug the oven in. So basically, it was like those two things touched each other, and that's what caused a flame. And he honestly called it the perfect storm. And he said, had any one of those things on their own, it would have been fine. We could have resolved it. It wouldn't have even been catastrophic anything. But he said, even another five minutes of you guys in this house, it would have basically imploded from the inside out, and you may not have even gotten out. And it just reminds me of those things, like even those days where I don't pray like I'm supposed to, or I don't open my Bible like I'm supposed to. Um, I feel like God is always there. And I don't know what I did to be worthy of that love all the time, but I just wanted to be a testament for others that even if you forget, even if you, you know, lose touch with those people from your church, or even if you lose touch with God, you know, he's always, he's always there. He's always working behind the scenes, no matter what. I mean, the guy even said, you guys must have some serious guardian angels because just a couple of years ago, New Year's Day at two o'clock in the morning, an entire family died from the same thing, not two blocks down from our house. So... Of course, I want to replace the electrical in my house now, but that's really expensive. So if anyone knows a good electrician, I'll take him. But, um, but yeah, so just a testament to everyone, no matter how far it goes, where you're, you, know, you feel like you're losing touch, you know, God's always there. He's always watching, and he's always taking care of you, no matter what, me and my 800 million kids. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God for that. Thank you, Nadia. Thanks so much. Thank you for sharing that. Well, um, 
When I left First Reformed Church in Evansdale, I didn't think I would ever be happy in a church, but um, I have come to love everybody here. Everybody is so friendly and has prayed for me lots of times because I've gone through some bad things. And right now, um, there's something on my heart that I would like to talk about. I didn't think I could, but I have a great-grandson that his mother, my granddaughter, took him to his grandpa's house and said, get out and stay here, and I don't want you back. And he's 14 or 15 years old, I can't remember which, but anyway, he has gone through some problems and did things that he shouldn't have. But right now, there is another family in his town that has said they will take him and try to keep him and have him go to school where he went to. And so I'm just praying that this family will show him love, which he never got before. I think that's the main thing. He, his, it, it's just a bad situation because it's a stepdad and his stepdad didn't want him back. So it, if you just pray that, that, uh, that he will strive there and be good and also that he will come to love the Lord. I pray that every day and I'm sure that there are things that I have prayed for that have come too, so I know God is with me a lot. So, his name, his name is, uh, now I'm frustrated. <laughs> um, I don't, I can't think of it right off. <laughs> That's terrible because I pray for him every day, but anyway, it's my great grandson. Thank you, Carlene. We appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone else? Sarah. Hello, everyone. Um, my, sorry. My journey so far hasn't always been an easy one, but I've had some really hard bumps along the way, and I've lost some very important people. And in 2017, I lost my mother, and it was after that I was in a really low part of my life when I considered committing suicide. And I... A few months after she passed away, I was in a really low point, and I heard this voice say, it's not your time. You need to, you're not done here. You have so much more to accomplish, and I thank God that I heard that voice because I've become stronger in my faith, and I've been able to learn how to stand on my own without her, and and I, I've also just, <laughs> I didn't give up. Praise God. Thank you.
Joey. <laughs> Sometimes that recall takes a little while, doesn't it? Yeah, just okay, it'll come. Yeah, right. So thank you for Joey. Yeah. Yes, Patricia. Uh, it's kind of hard for me because it's hard for me to think of. Um, it's just that God's done so much for me all my life. Um, it's hard to know where to begin. <laughs> I believe that the uh, people that I've met, I've met at the time God wanted me to. Either they had something to give me or I had something to give them. Uh, I had a difficult childhood, but yet um, I had a wonderful childhood. I've learned from it. Uh, I had difficulties uh, to the point like Sarah, where I thought of ending my life and that the struggles were too hard to get through. And uh, I laid down on the bed one day and I said, I'm, I'm through, I'm finished. And something came over me and it was um, it was an uh, out of uh, out of body experience almost, and that was a, a bright light, uh, and it was something telling me uh, everything's going to be all right. And from that moment on, if I ever questioned that God exists and that God was with me, I never do again because I know where that there is a God and that God looks over me. If I hear young people say, I don't believe, but I know God exists and God has given me a, a great deal, has brought me here, and I know that this is where I should be at this particular time in my life. And I appreciate everybody that I've met here and all you've given me and all that you continue to give me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Patricia. Appreciate that very much. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to be respectful of everyone's time because like Kelly, everybody knows that I can talk, but um, <laughs> Pastor Dave will cut me off when, when needed. I just want to thank each and every one of you. I remember doing this, I think, last summer, and hearing all your testimonies is so inspirational to me. Um, I've been at this church for 25 years because when Pastor Dave came, I started coming that fall with my daughter. And um, so many of you have been a blessing to me and my family. Um, my family has been blessed because of God. Um, I just listened to Pastor Dave's message this morning. Last Sunday I was in the nursery, and so I wasn't able to hear the message. And um, so I walked this morning for an hour, and I listened to Pastor Dave's. I listened and watched. And everything that he said um, about God's prompting and his protection and the people that he brings us 
like Patricia said, at the right time. And sometimes we're there to be for somebody else. And um, I'm just so thankful and blessed that all of you have done that for me. And I hope that I have done that for you in some way, shape, or form. I pray for you all. Um, I love you all. This church has um, been the foundation for me. Um, and many of you have heard this story, but um, my daughter, I look at Nicholas um, when he came in this morning, and it always reminds me um, just how far God can take you from your darkest moments and your deepest despair. And hearing about Jessica, um, Kelly's niece, that anything is possible with God. It's God's timing, and even though we don't understand that, um, there's a reason, and um, God wants the best in each, for each and every one of us. But um, when I was about 25 years old, um, I was diagnosed. I, I actually, when we talk about things that happen and God's prompting, um, I was out shoveling one day, and... Uh, I came in and had a terrible pain in my calf, and I'm like, what is going on? I must have pulled something. Long story short, something told me, you know, you probably need to go check it out. Well, it was bad weather, and I um, thought, you know, Michelle, you're 25 years old. What could possibly be wrong with you? But anyway, I went to the doctor. I know, I'm sorry, I went to the emergency room because the doctor's offices were closed because it was such bad weather. And uh, they, they uh, saw me at the emergency room. They said, yeah, your calf is kind of swollen. You know, it's, it feels warm to the touch. We're going to go ahead and do an ultrasound on it. Long story short, they take me from the ultrasound technician, and they're like, we're admitting you. And I'm like, admitting me for what? And they were like, you have a blood clot in your calf and it's creeping up the back of your leg. And it had moved from the calf almost to my mid-thigh. And uh, I was like, well, how did that happen? They were like, well, you know, things happen. But um, long story short, um, they said because I was so young, they were like, we're going to do some testing because somebody your age usually doesn't develop a blood clot. So fortunately, I had this blood clot. And fortunately, they prompted them to do some blood work on me. I um, found out that I have a blood clotting disorder. And so um, I have to take blood thinners for the rest of my life, which is not a problem. Um, but um, I'm going to say seven years later, uh, I got pregnant with my youngest daughter, um, who recently graduated from high school. And um, the blood clotting medication that I take could cause uh, birth defects in, in a baby. So um, they switched me right away to injections of Lovenox um, throughout my pregnancy. Um, I made it to about six months, I, 26 weeks gestation. Um, and another prompting, it was a Sunday. And I came to church, it was bad weather. It was January 30th, 2015. I didn't feel good. I thought probably I had the flu. You know, I didn't know. I just didn't feel right. I had some pain in my side. And I was like, oh, this is just pregnancy stuff. Anyway, after church, I called um, my doctor's office. And they said, you know, you're kind of high risk being on these blood thinners. And let's just have you checked out. So anyway, I, I went to Covenant. 
and I just remember, I was by myself because I just thought no big deal. And I just remember how they put you like in the back room, you know, and they're checking your vitals and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like, they take me from the back room and they put me like right in front of like where the nurses, where everybody's at. And then there was a flurry of just people, doctors, nurses, everything. And um, they said, um, you have um, HELP syndrome, which is hyper-intensity, hyper-tension, um, elevated liver enzymes, and low blood platelets. And it was just two weeks prior that I had read an article in the Waterloo Courier about a mother who was, had the same disease, or the same syndrome, and uh, she was about the same weeks in gestation as I was about 26 weeks in pregnancy. And this mother died. Her baby survived, but she died. And I remember as soon as they told me what it was, I was, I mean, instantly, I was like, oh my God, you know. Of course I want my baby to be okay, but God, am I gonna be able to survive this? So. Um, they rushed me down to Iowa City. They didn't want to airlift me because they were afraid in case they had to deliver the baby in the airplane. They thought it would be better to be on the ground. So um, I got to Iowa City and they called my family and they were all there. And of course, everyone was praying for me. And I was praying, you know, obviously, God, you know, please spare my life, but also spare the life of this unborn child. And um, I knew. Like throughout the night, I could feel myself getting worse. Um, I mean, I really felt pretty bad. And I remember the doctor coming in that morning, it was like when they were making their rounds and they said, you know, Michelle, this is as far as you can go, as far as carrying this baby, because your organs are starting to fail. And I remember them telling me that and I thought, <laughs> This, I can't be, oh, I mean, I have a, a daughter at home. I can't, this can't be it for me. And they said, well, we're going to take you back to surgery now. And the only way that we're going to be able to um, get you well is we have to take this baby out of you. So my daughter, Kiana, was born um, 16 weeks early. Uh, she weighed one pound, six ounces. And they told me, that she had a 50% chance of survival. But I knew with God anything was possible because he had taken me this far in my life already. Um, Kiana spent 100 days in the intensive care unit. She fought. She had bleed, a brain bleed. Um, she was... She had so many things wrong with her. A baby is not supposed to be born 16 weeks early. Uh, she, her, she was smaller than the size of this microphone. She was 12 inches long. I just praise God because he brought her home Mother's Day weekend. After 100 days of intensive care, she was home on oxygen and apnea monitor because of their, she had a hole in her heart when she was born. But she thrived, just like you were sharing about your granddaughter. God took her through all those milestones. They said she could be mentally retarded. She could have all kinds of developmental delays. 
Kiana is a straight-A student. She graduated from high school with a 4.19 GPA. And she got a full ride to University of Wisconsin at Madison. It's going there in three weeks. And it's because of all of you and your prayers that has gotten me through. I thank you all. I thank you, Pastor Dave, for being the man of God that brought us, that brought you to this church to lead this amazing group of people and fellow, fellow um, church members. And I love you all. I'm sorry for taking so long, but hopefully we're out of church on time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we just thank you that you are so real, that you do exist, that you are alive and well, you're watching out for us, you're protecting us, your angels are surrounding us, looking out for us, and God, we just thank you. For you, that you are a good God, that you are the light in the darkness. We never need to question you or your goodness. And though we may not understand all the plans you have for us, you are still good. And so God, thank you. Thank you for being here this morning, for meeting us in this place on this special Sunday of sharing. Uh, thank you for anointing our time together and encouraging us as well. This we give thanks for, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I thought you'd forgot about me. <laughs> uh, I just want to say a, a thank you to my helping hand guys that helped me and a couple ladies now are coming along and uh, helping me with uh, a lot of stuff. And one of the guys, uh, we getting some stuff ready the other day for the, the sale over here. And he helped me get a, a big old TV out of the, uh, the basement. I think it was a Civil War model. And it was, it was, it was so big. And uh, uh, after we got it all done and, and set over here, he said, Wow, that felt good. Well, it, it does. It does feel good when you help people. And uh, some, I got a guy who comes all the way from Traer, drives his truck up, all the way across Waterloo, and comes out, and he wants to help. He uses his truck, and sometimes we have three trucks there. You know, I don't know whether we need three trucks or not, but we got, we got three trucks if we need them, and... Uh, we, we have a good time, and uh, uh, sometimes we might be able to save you a couple of dollars. We had a lady that had a garage door, and she was going to have it fixed in 600 and something dollars, and we got it fixed for $100. Wow. 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 And uh, so, you know, now, now listen, don't write that down, because... <laughs> 
we might all we might not be able to save you any money, but we'll try. But we'll we'll love to help you. We're not looking for work, but if you need somebody to help you move something around, we'll do it. And I got guys that'll help, and uh, they're good at it. So that's all I got to say. And that's enough. Thank you, Will. Appreciate that very much. <laughs>